Welcome to Biz Women Rock. Here's what's coming up. I had heard advice from the very beginning about ask a lot of questions because not only do companies fail because they're undercapitalized, but they fail because they think they know it all. And boy, we didn't think we knew anything. So it's really easy to ask questions and it still is. You're listening to Biz Women Rock and this is episode 211. Thank you so much for stopping by the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm so very excited that you're here. I'm Katie Kremitzos. This podcast exists because it is a place for you to access very authentic stories from business women. So you can hear the ups, the downs, the tools, the strategies, all sorts of good stuff so that you can let it impact your business the way that you need to right now. If this is your first time stopping by the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're here. If you're a longtime listener, you rock, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to these stories. There always, always is something to learn here. And whether you're new or a longtime listener, make sure that you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com because you will not only get updated on what's going on on the podcast, but you will definitely get into the trenches of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which includes a lot of phenomenal resources for you, okay? bizwomenrock.com. Jan Erickson is one of those people that I like to refer to as a silent warrior, and you're going to hear exactly how true that is. Her voice is so mellow. She's so like, you know, just calm and peaceful, but man, is she a warrior princess when it comes to business, meaning she is a hustler. She is all about self-improvement. She has had a business, Janska. Uh, for 12 years now, and she's had so many experiences within that 12 years that she goes into here. So Janska is a clothing line that she started literally because of a dream. It's a really great story, and um, and it's a very purpose-driven company, meaning she started it because she wanted it to fulfill a very awesome altruistic purpose, um, and it totally took a different trajectory that has has made the company very, very successful. Her clothing is in just shy of a thousand stores all over the U.S. and Canada. They're in 10 different catalogs. They also sell online at Janska.com. And she also has 40 people who are part of her team and who make this business happen. She has an amazing story and goes into so many pieces of wisdom that she's learned over the years. Uh, She shares what she would tell her younger self. Uh, She talks about what role she plays in the company and the challenges that she's had delegating. She talks about how she has learned to become a leader and the kind of the tricks of the trade that she does to be able to lead her entire team. And um, how to manage a wholesale relationship with all of the stores that she's in, which I thought was really, really interesting. So, uh, so many more things to learn in here. So let's get the conversation going with Jan. Jan, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show with me. Katie, it's so great to be with you today. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, it, it, it's all the... 
I love when I have these like pre-conversations that are really hard to get out of, but I know I have to like let everyone in else in on this conversation because it's so good. Mm-hmm. And you know, what what you may or may not know is that during all my pre-conversations, I'm always asking my guests like just a couple of like final kind of research questions, making sure that I'm all clear, everything's good. And that always sparks really good, interesting nuggets about, you know, different points of your business, Jan. And already I was like, oh my God, we got to hit that. We got to hit that. So I'm so excited that you're here. You've built such an awesome company in Janska. And, um, and you know, for a lot of us entrepreneurs, we always say sort of off the cuff that, yes, my my business started as a dream. And it was a, you know, this dream of mine to do this business. But yours literally started in your dreams. <laughs> can you can you I tell did. that story? And then tell tell kind of like how everything got going after that. I sure can. I was doing a lot of caregiving in my previous job, and I had a woman that I was working with, and she went from being completely independent to having a series of strokes, and she no longer could get into the beautiful clothes in her closet. And at this point, in she was in a hospital gown. She was in a skilled care nursing facility. She was being transferred from her bed to her wheelchair, and I saw how differently she was treated by people around her because she was a brilliant woman and now she was so easy to just objectify because of her hospital gown and she was pretty frail and very cold and I it was just so sad. And one night I had a dream about a jacket that would be really easy for her to get on and off or really easy for a caregiver to get on her that would keep her warm and that would provide softness and color and style and project that into the world so that she could show up in the way that she was used to. And and so uh, that dream was relentless. It was such a strong dream. I, I, I tried to just push it aside because I didn't have a background, don't have a background in apparel or fashion design. And yet it was just such a strong dream. And I finally went, all right, and I'll, I'll get that jacket made up. And I took my sketches to a cut-and-sew manufacturer and said, can you make me a jacket that has these features? And it was a raglan sleeve. It was had a little kangaroo pocket to keep her hands warm. and very simple design. And as soon as I said yes to that dream, uh, there were these flood of other ideas. And at this point, I was still just thinking about my friend Jean things that would add dignity to her life, comfort, and warmth to her body that were lightweight. And so that was the beginning. And then it just kind of took off from there. I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Wow. That is so cool. So when, when you actually ended up making this jacket, like what, what was the next steps of actually saying, okay, this is going to be a business. I'm going to create a whole business out of making jackets and out of making outerwear. What what happened in that moment, and then what steps did you take to actually start manifesting that? It took a long time before we ever became a company because I was still thinking very specifically about my friend Jean and how to make her life more comfortable and warm the parts of her body that were really cold. And then the company just took a whole different trajectory down a few years later, which we can talk about. But we start, I, I talked to my husband who had just retired and he sold his law practice and he was great at research. And I said, surely there's other people out there that are making things that we could buy for jeans. And so he went off and, and did a lot of research and we couldn't honestly find anything. Wow. And, and then it was just, it was just something that I felt I needed to do. And I felt it so strongly that we just kept developing and people would, would come by. My dad was working full time at a literacy center and 
and somebody would throw a card on on my desk and say, hey, if you need somebody to help you with designs, I know this person who's a designer and she does costumes at Colorado College, and somebody else threw a card on my desk and said, hey, if you ever decide you're going to do a website, I know a great web designer. And it was almost like the doors opened, and all I had to do was walk through. And so John and I, my husband, um, who was doing this research, I, I thought, well, the next step is I guess we better go learn about how to start a business. <laughs> and so we went to the Small Business Development Center, and we took one of their How to Start a Business class, and we went through all of that. In the meantime, we continued to research and beta tested the few things. We found people that either were caregivers or were being cared for, and we'd send them garments and say, hey, tell us what you think, and send me, send us back and keep it, you know, but, but just tell us, are we on to something that really comforts and, and gives you dignity. And then we came across a researcher, Julia Twig, out of England, who is a sociologist at, in Kent University there, and he, she had written a book, or a, 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 a paper, a research paper on clothing and dementia, hmm. and it completely just said in research and in her research everything that we intuitively believed about the importance of clothing, that it's not just physical but there's a social aspect because I noticed when Jean was wearing the jacket, people would say, oh, wow, you look so pretty today, Jean, or that's such a great color on you. Right. Now she had in this nursing facility a social aspect. And then that whole core belief, and this goes with our fashion line too, when we look good, we feel good. And so many of us, most of us, I think, face our closet in the morning and we actually dress in some conscious way of, how am I going to present to the world today? Do I have appointments? How do I look? Yeah. And when we get it right, we feel so good about how we are in the world. So now you take somebody like Jean who no longer has the ability to make those decisions for herself. She can't put things on. What does that do to her in terms of how she feels about herself? And what do we do about people that lose that ability of, of, of dressing so they feel they got it right today, right? Right. So that's how Janska got started, and uh, Janska loosely means for me coming through Jan because of the mystery of that dream and, and all it meant to me in, in my life. Wow. And I was 50 years old when Janska started, you know, wow. I was in my early 50s. So, did you get, it, did yep. you get like nudges from people telling you like, no, you know, your, your career life is over, girl, just go towards retirement. There's, you don't need to do this. Like, did you have any of that around you? I mean, in the stories that you're telling so far, it sounded like you had a lot of support, but did, were there any, any sort of that sort of like tugging on you? Like, no, 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 you don't need to do this. There definitely were people that had those voices and they thought they were doing me a favor by saying, don't do that. It's too hard. It's going to cost too much. And it, and, and, and yet. You know, when you just go into your heart and you go, I need to do this. Right. And it, I may fail. I, I may fail miserably. And, yeah, it may cost a lot because we self-funded this. And so we went, like many of us entrepreneurs, into our own savings and into uh, the mortgage value of our house and, and put that on the line. And, and yet I felt so strongly that I was supposed to do this mm. and that it was really important to do. And some of the, the feedback we got early on was just kept us going that yes this ma this makes a difference this matters and and it's making somebody's life better right, right. 
So I have to ask you that, in you know, as you were sort of getting all the pieces together, learning what you needed to about running a business, um, what, you know, getting the manufacturers together, what did that first year look like when you said, okay, we've got product, I know what the process is going to look like, where these products are going to be made, I know how, how I'm going to sell them, boom, let's go. Like, what, what did that first year really look like for you? Well, that first year, we were not doing wholesale. That The wholesale aspect of it started with when we started scaling the company. So we were going to, I'm sure you've all seen this, a little holiday gift shows, and then in the yep. summer, these little white tents that are in between. And we were going out to sell custom, to customers that would come to these street fairs. And, and every weekend, we would pack the car, pack the van, and then pretty soon we had the van plus a little trailer behind us. <laughs> and we would it. go out, and, and it was so great because we got to talk to the people who had family members or who themselves loved it, and um, and they would buy some things for themselves because we learned that the things we were making had a universal design quality. Other than that first jacket for jeans, most of the things we were designing were universal design, which is... If you design something for a less able person, then everybody can wear it. And as long as it has some style and 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 it looks like it's something any of us would want to wear, that's what was going on. And we had a couple pieces we decided to patent early because they were pretty special. Uh, the mock socks are something that is, is a patented item. And then this little lap wrap shawl is a patented item. And we were selling those and then a couple jackets. I think we had five or six items we were selling at these street fairs. So and by this time, it's just the energy of everything is new. And we didn't know anything about the business. And, and we were learning really, really fast. And there's, there's a thrill about that yeah. when you think you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But there was a there was a realization that that was a lot of work to be hauling this stuff out, and you'd sell a little fraction of it because you wanted to make sure you had plenty, and then taking it all back every weekend. And so we decided to go to Denver because we're a Colorado-based company, and go to an apparel show up in Denver and just see if there were. And at this point, again, hospital gift shops. That's what we were thinking. Hmm. Who might want to bring some of these garments in that had people in their hospital like Jean. So I'm still thinking along those lines. And um, and that's where it was the experience of going to a trade show with our things, looking for stores that changed the trajectory of Janska in a really powerful way. Uh, one of the women who I had known who she was from our town, who is a manager of a five-star hotel, international hotel here, and she has a beautiful boutique, in the, and she came up and said, oh, wow, your stuff's so interesting. I'd like to place an order. Wow. And I'm going, what? <laughs> and she, and, and there, there, was the, there was the wake up to universal design. Right. And, and so because those dollars came easier and stores started buying from us regular boutiques, then our design changed to be able to to expand that market of the fashion, but we didn't lose the comfort and we didn't lose the color and we didn't lose the softness. It was all about expanding our market. Right. 
That's just, I think that's so interesting to me in the sense that, um, you know, like you kind of have to be on your toes and you have to kind of see what the market, what's happening in the market, what's available to Mm -hmm. you, like what's kind of coming to you, even though you think it's so niche and it's only going to fit here. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I'm always curious about is as a product that sells wholesale, so like you're basically selling to boutique stores, to any type of store who wants to now have it in their store so they can sell it. What are some things that you've learned all these years back then and even now about how to um, how to manage those relationships? What do you need to have that's what what has worked successfully for you in order to get into those stores, to stay in those stores, to make sure you're selling in those stores? Like talk a little bit about that wholesale uh, relationship. The wholesale relationship has been so fun for us to develop and Right from the very beginning, I think because of the heart of Janskin, where it started, it was all still about service, and it still is about service. How are we making something better? And so how do we provide the store with something that they're going to be able to sell, feel good about? And there there were a couple things that I think were really important. One is that we were committed to made, made in America. We were committed to... Um, doing, having good value and really high quality garments and, and that we would serve people. And if, if something was not sewn right and we had a very low percentage of things that would ever come back, but we would immediately take it back and replace it with something else and, um, or fix it or whatever. So we were very open to letting them teach us about what they needed. And um, and over the years now, we're we're in our twelfth twelfth year here, is um, is how we can even establish better partnerships. Also, in learning how to scale with them, is I learned from a woman friend that I met through the business who had worked for Nike, and she was saying, Jan, if you give at this point we had one collection in fleece. And she was telling me how if you only have one collection, people are only going to buy one collection. If you have two collections, they'll still probably only buy one collection. But if you end up with three different collections that are that give them three distinct choices, chances are they'll buy two. And we tested that out. And about the time of the recession, we tested that out. And it was really true, and it helped us power through that 2008, 2009, 2010 years when sales would have been pretty bad had we not had a couple of strategies in place. Right. Well, dig into a little deeper of that because you and I were talking about this a little bit before we went live about how, you know, that really was a crucial time. This whole 2008, 2009 time it was a crucial time for a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm. What was going on in your mind about kind of what decisions you needed to make in your business and, and where did you end up going? Obviously, we heard the strategy, but like, you know, what, what was that whole mentality of what attitude you needed to take to in order to continue to grow? We needed to spend more money that year by going to more trade shows rather than pull back. And and I heard several people go, oh, no, I'm not going to do as many trade shows this year because everything's crashed. And for me, it was like we have to do more because we have to go out there and find those dollars. And it, and it worked. It worked really well for us because we grew considerably during that year. Wow. And, um, yeah, it worked out great. You've never had so, a down year since you started in 2003, right? We have not. We wow. have not. And we've grown every year, and sometimes we've grown a lot. Um, so 
Jan, I'm I'm curious about this. What do you like? What do you do practically to like plan out your year ahead? Like my my guess, just like most entrepreneurs, is that you know during Q the beginning of Q four of the of the year you're about to end, you're kind of like now thinking about the following year, what goals you want to have, how you want to build out. Like, what have you? What habits have you gotten into to help you continue visualizing and you know growing so that you're coming up with really innovative strategies? and continuing to have that type of growth. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of different things that go into it, from hiring and having really A players on your team. And from the from years ago, as a team, we had a small number of people back then. I think there were probably 10 employees when we decided we really needed some core values. And we worked for several months finding what are our core values. And in excellence, stewardship, giving back was really important to me. Uh, some of the principles around that, integrity, doing the right thing even when nobody's looking, respect, respect for our customers, respect for ourselves, respect for for all down the line and up the line, wherever we are. Teamwork is critical. We realized how sales and production and, and design were all intricately related and in that we all had to work really well together to make sure that we had great designs that were ready to go out the door when, when we needed it and that we had a sales team that was out there selling. And then I think the other big thing is continuous improvement. And we read a lot of books as a, as a group and but just in the last couple of years, I think we talked about this earlier, Katie, we came across a book, it's fairly new off the press, called Four Disciplines of Execution. And we started using that, I think, a year and a half ago, just when it started going. And every quarter we sit down and do do that, uh, do goals in each department. And that's a really great book for, I would highly recommend that. And I think it's on your website, Katie, which I was really excited to see. Yeah. And then yeah, there's another one by, yeah, by Vern Harnish on scaling up and just what things are really important, but we continue to realize, and I think part of it came from we realized that we didn't start with an MBA or any of that, right? And a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we are sort of hanging out there doing things that we don't know a lot about. And so um, I had heard advice from the very beginning about ask a lot of questions because not only do companies fail because they're undercapitalized, but they fail because they think they know it all. And, boy, we didn't think we knew anything. So it's really easy to ask questions, and it still is, right? Right, right. So that helped us along, too. And we got a coach. We used SCORE for a lot of years, and, in fact, we still have a SCORE counselor. That was free counseling, and we searched until we found the right counselor at SCORE, somebody who really was was um, helpful to us. They, they were invested in making seeing us be successful and so we listen to them and and follow their advice and uh, and now we have another coach and I have a personal business coach because the, none of us I don't think are smart enough I'm sure sure not smart enough I need, I need more people around me that are smarter than I am to to help help pave the way and there's just so many ideas that come in because we're so open to that yeah so um Jan, what have you learned? You now have a team of uh, just about 40 people who, you know, take care and keep on running this company and are really great team members. What have you learned throughout all these years about being the leader of this team? What has worked for you? And when have you fallen flat on your butt and it has totally sucked? (laughs) 
<laughs> I could probably do a little bit of that every week, but <laughs> I think the thing, the thing that that is is my challenge too is as the business has grown from being this fairly small company to passing a million to passing two million in sales and and thinking what in the world am I doing? How in the world to do this? And then again, I mentioned it earlier: hiring really great people, finding A players that can help us go to the next level and then my learning to let go. And so there's a corporate life cycles book that is really good. And there's a scary part in there because a lot of us as entrepreneurs can't stay with our company to bridge that into really letting go because those early days I was buying fabric, I was packing boxes, I was picking orders, I was running the you know, running every every aspect of the kind of going to shows, everything that happened in the company, I had my hand on. Right. Well, you can't do that. And then pretty soon, like, I don't even know how to put an order in anymore, right? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and, and I don't need to know. Because, yeah. but, but I need to make sure that the people that are doing it are really successful at getting the packages out the door on time and to the right person and at the right address. And, and, um, and so letting go, there is a process. And, and when I was listening to some of the, the blog, the uh, post that you had on your site, I could tell that there were other entrepreneurs who were moving into that where they're having to let go. They can't do it all anymore. So, yeah, I think that's a challenge for everyone. You know, I constantly, um, I was talking about my Biz Women Rock community online, and I'm constantly kind of asking, like, hey, what are you going through? You know, what kind of challenges are you going through? And every time I ask this, the number one question or answer that I get is, I'm really, we need, I need someone to help me figure out how to successfully delegate. And I think it's a universal Mm -hmm. challenge that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And I don't care how smart, like intellectually smart you are about how a business system is going to work. I don't care how many times you've read E-Myth, you know, like all of that stuff, it it doesn't, I don't, I don't think it happens naturally. And you have to kind of like force yourself through that process. Right, right. It's it's tricky, and um, and I think I've always had this belief too, Katie, that I I'm supposed to do this business, and as long as I wake up in the morning and I still believe that, then I know that that I'm I'm on a learning curve to 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 make the company keep going, but my role in the company is changing, yeah, in how I do it, and. And that I need to go out and do more marketing, maybe, or I need to go visit stores more, or I need to go back, which is one of my big things this year, is I'm going back to that original dream idea and speaking to some of the one million cups around Colorado and yeah. getting feedback. And how can I get that wellness wear or universal design collection, universal design for people like Jean in in a place where it it is powerfully impacting and improving the lives of people who find the simple act of dressing no longer simple or the ones that are in the hospital or going through chemo young women older women could be a frail person but that heart of where the Janska started I just feel like I never really quite accomplished that mm-hmm. so that's a really big thing for me in the future, and I'm spending a lot of my time just researching and talking to people because some of the things that I heard from buyers early on was was so impacted me to know that I was doing the right thing that I'm just 
I've got to go back and revisit it to see if I can get that to be a successful business in its own right. Right. Because it went on the, it went out to fashion and and um, and even though it was universal or comfort driven, it, it, it's not serving that original market like Jean the way I would like it to. Right. That's a great purpose. I mean, the the entire thing that's been going on in my head ever since you and I started talking is like, you know, that you're not just a clothing company. Like, it's just so it's so purpose driven, you know, and it, and there's a very yeah. real purpose that you want to be able to fulfill there. So, um, so Jan, I got to ask you, like, as far as your habits as the leader of your company, as an entrepreneur, what sort of habits do you have that help you either, you know, kind of focus your day, get the, you know, be productive, get the right stuff done, or kind of help you work through uh, moving the company forward? What what habits have you cultivated throughout these dozens of years? Well, well, I think the the two most important things for me is um, a meditation practice and also just a, a physical fitness practice. I, they don't have direct impact on the company, but they help me keep my my perspective on life right so that, um, that I continue to believe that I'm doing something that I'm supposed to be doing and that I'm being led rather than forcing something. Right. And the meditation practice helps me... Um, helps me every morning be able to have a little pause there and to get keep my priorities and what's really important in this life. It, when At the end of the day, for me, it isn't to have a, a million dollars in, in the bank because I have this big fashion line. That's not it. It's really, at the end of the day, is... We're millions of people today comforted by Janska. That's the vision of Janska. We're millions of people today feeling better about how they, they presented in their world because of Janska. Mm. Because there's so many great fashion labels out there. And, um, and ours, we want ours to have some mojo. And, um, and that mojo of, of comfort style and, um, whether it's on the fashion line or this, other line that started with Jean. Right. I love that. Jan, to conclude this conversation, I would really, really love to know what what would you tell yourself, your 50-year-old self, 12 years ago when you were first starting this company? As the woman that you are now, with the experience that you now have under your belt, what would you tell yourself back then? Trust the journey. Mm. Trust the journey. And and I have trusted it. I think the piece of advice early on is be unstoppable. And we had some setbacks. We had some hard times. And we there have been some big challenges. Um, but even that, trust the journey. I'm I'm stronger, better, uh, more equipped now because of those good, bad, and ugly times. And I I firmly believe the good, the bad, and the ugly is all good. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. You know, that's usually how I start out sort of prepping my guests is saying, hey, I want to hear the story of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And and it is. Oh. I totally agree with it. It's like it's all good. It's all part of the journey. I love it. Yep. yep. That is wonderful. Well, Jan, I can't thank you enough for being here and for sharing your story and for sharing really the the good, the bad, and the ugly about Janska and what you've gone through. And I just, um, you know, I love your purpose-driven company. I think it has only begun 
uh, to run its course. And I can't wait to see what else you accomplish. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Katie. It's just been such a delight. And I, I just love your website. BizWomenRock.com forward slash 211 or 211. Uh, go there, learn more information about Jan, get links to her website, uh, and put a comment while you're there below about what you thought about the interview. And uh, I'd love to hear from you there. So many great takeaways from this conversation. I was blown away, as I hope that you were too, about how um, determined that she was during the 2008-2009 kind of economic situation that she knew and made the decision to push forward and to spend more money and to get in front of more buyers and it paid off for her. She's never had a down year in her 12 years of business and I think, man, that's just such great leadership and it's such great intuition to know what your company really needs. So above all the other really great tips that she had, um, I just love that. And of course, you know, what she said to her younger self, I thought was brilliant. I don't know if you, I don't know if you got it. She said two things and the kind of the secondary one was, you know, be unstoppable. She said, trust the journey and be unstoppable. And both of those together are like the perfect combination for just awesomeness. I mean, really like pushing forward and building something great, which she has done and continues to do. I really appreciate you being here. I really am so grateful that you listen to these stories and that you get a lot out of them. And I just, I am so thankful that it's something that you can take and implement into your business. So have an awesome day and I'll see you on the next episode.